is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. If you are a Disney freak like me, or I have to say universal, although our guest today really has made her uh, stripes, if you will, on Disney, we have an amazing guest who knows everything about Disney, everything about traveling, and if you have food allergies and you're planning a vacation, she's your girl. Her name is Lizzie Reynolds, and she's the owner of Platinum Mouse and Pixie Lizzie. Lizzie, I am so excited to talk to you today, and I love all things Disney. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So when I was little, I was telling you a little bit about this before we started recording. I was at Disney all the time. My dad had conferences there. You know, we were down there several times a year. I mean, I feel like I could walk through Disney World with my eyes closed and be just fine. How did you get to be so into Disney? What's your story? And how did you get so into the mouse? I will, I'll try to condense it because it's kind of a long story, but I'll try <laughs> to make it really quick. Um, I have a child with food allergies. And when she was little, she's 16 now. So the world was very different um, when she was born. She was born 2004, the year it spiked. I don't know if you've ever seen the chart, but she was one of those babies. And that's kind of really never come down since. Um, that's a whole other story of why it spiked, but she was one of those kids. Um, and labels were not necessary. They weren't mandatory. Um, food allergens weren't as known as they are now. There still needs to be more education, but they, they nobody really ever talked about them. Um, people knew what a peanut allergy was. They knew it was dangerous. That's all I remember from when she was little. So when she was diagnosed with a milk and an egg allergy, I would say, it's like a peanut allergy. And people then would get it. And I'd say, it's a breathing thing. It's not a tummy thing, you know? And they go, oh, okay. And then they get all scared, you know, because they hadn't seen a child with a dairy allergy. Teachers, you know, her friends and stuff. So a friend of mine who's a pharmacist, she um, said, you need to take her to Disney World. And I had never been to Disney World. And this is the funny part is, I wasn't really kind of a Disney kind of person. Really? And I said, well, Oh yeah, I'd never gone in my life. This never. is not the answer no I was expecting. Fan. I love when that happens. <laughs> right? Never. And I said, you know, look, the movies are okay, but that giant corporation is not going to own me. And we are not the kind of Disney family that you see. Well, now we're like the number one Disney family. We go every month, right? Yeah. I didn't get it. I just didn't. So she's like, God, you just got to go. She And she'd roll her eyes, you know, and so she finally said, I said, okay, go. So I take my daughter with my husband, our Volvo from Atlanta, drive down there with tons of food. Cause I'm terrified. She's not going to have breakfast, lunch, or dinner for, I believe it was six nights, seven days. So we took all this food. <laughs> Way to jump cooking. right in the first time. All <laughs> right. We, we, we didn't cook anything. Um, I had requested a microwave. It didn't come because I didn't say it was for medical reasons. They probably thought it was just because I didn't want to spend the extra $15 at the food court, whatever, getting some waffles. Anyway, um, she had an apple, um, a bag of, not even a bag of lettuce, but like a, just a salad and goddess dressing. And I remember that's all we used. We came back home and we cried. And my daughter and I were crying and she's like, oh, and I had had my first vacation from the kitchen ever. And my husband helps out a lot. He's, he's not like a lot of dads that don't. He loves to cook. He helps out. He does breakfast. He does lunch and stuff. But so it was a true vacation, I should say, for all of us. But um, especially, you know, um, me, because I was the one that 
school and did all the baking for all the cupcakes, you know, come home and go, mom, there's a party tomorrow. And it's like eight o'clock at night. And you're like, really? And this is before they had mixes that you could go and make cupcakes. So I was up till two o'clock in the morning making cupcakes. That that's kind of pretty much a lot of it. Um, and so my husband says, what do you want to do six months later for a vacation around my birthday time? And I said, I want to take I said, I wanted to go there. And so we took pictures with the princesses, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck and all that. The difference was this time I took pictures of the chefs because in my mind, they were more important than those characters because they were really while I was there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and they whole vacation wonderful. So I took pictures of them and they were really, some of them were like really taken aback. They were like, no, no, please, you know, most of them were, they're like, sure, you know, and they would sit, you know, right next to my daughter and I'd get a picture of them or holding the food or whatever. And um, we came back and um, my husband, and we were crying again in the car. And my husband said, what are we going to do? And I said, can you build me a website? So he built a website called allergyfreemouse.com for me. And we would just post stuff like where you can go for that we knew that would be good options. We knew that everything from a safety standpoint had a Disney trained chef, but you might get there and there may not be any waffles for you to have because they use a certain kind of flour um, that is tree nut lines. So anyway, we started doing that and I was helping all these people do their trips. And um, it kind of got to the point where my daughter was going into first grade then, and I was really helping people. And I thought, I'll be the room allergy mom, but I can maybe turn this into a business somehow. And um, I asked my mom, mom, what do I do? How do I, how do I turn, you know, you go to your mom. What do I do about this? She goes, well, you can become a travel agent. And I said, what? <laughs> a travel agent? She said, yeah, Disney will pay you and other venues that you find safe will pay you and it will cost the client nothing. I was shocked, you know, and I kind of was in disbelief. I kind of didn't believe it like some of my clients don't. So anyway, I found an agency I worked with, lovely agency. Um, I grew to the point where I was selling a ton of Disney, um, a lot. And I went from one of their top of their, or the bottom, you know, start of their 80 agents, very top of their top, I would say four agents when I left. Wow. Um, and I started my own business. And it's called Platinum Mouse. And I have, um, there's 18 agents all together there. Some do food allergies, some don't. I really leave it up to them. A lot of people want to get into food allergies and they think, oh, what a great way. And then they see how difficult it, it, it can be and how yeah. time consuming it is to hold a mother's hand. And everybody's different. You know, you've got some people that um, they are, they want to control the whole thing, and which is fine. Um, they'll take uh, minimal advice you give them, they go and that's how they work. They have spreadsheets on stuff. There's some people that are, they're not like that at all. They're like, Lizzie, just handle this. You tell us where we're going to go. And so anyway, it kind you kind of have to be really, um, pliable to, to, to handle all the different types of people you're going to get. Um, you've got people that have issues that are really nervous about taking their kid to a restaurant. They've never had anaphylaxis. They're absolutely terrified of it. Um, so they see that big bad EpiPen and they've never used it, as you probably know. I think a lot of people that have used one have less fears of, of having it. The first time is the worst. Yeah. You know, um, they know that that needle's not that big, you know, um, cylinder inside there. 
Um, anyway, so there's people all across the board. There's some people um, that uh, that really loved it. So I helped them with their, their trips. They love it a whole lot. They're like, oh, this is what I want to do. They end up really doing traditional trips. They yeah. find that that's a better fit for them. Or maybe they don't. They're not in the allergy community as much. And so they don't reach a lot of allergy people. I don't know what the makeup is. It might be, you know, but we have several people that do um, know Disney very well with food allergies. Some people don't do food allergies at all. So that's kind of the background on us. All um, right. So, so now when you go to Disney, taking food out of it, which I realize is hard to do. Sure. Do you love Disney now? Are you a Disney person? I am. And I'll tell you why I'm a Disney person. There's, um, of course, like Mickey Mouse is great. You know, I mean, look, I don't have Mickey Mouse statues all over my house, except for mine that Disney gave me, you know, I might or might not. I have those and I I have some (laughs) statues that my, my daughter gave me, but I don't have, um, Mickey Mouse kitchen. I, I have a traditional, you see Charlotte behind me. I have a pretty traditional house. Now my office is a whole other matter. Um, but I love Disney because it's a very inclusive company and they are so inclusive and that's why they did food allergies. That's why they were like one of the first corporations to ever incorporate food allergies mm-hmm. in with their training because they wanted to include everybody in that family. It can almost make me cry. Um, they do that with people that have disabilities, they have disability passes. It's not like, well, oops, sorry. You know, they, um, all of their pools at their resorts have special gear for people have, that have disabilities so they can soak in, in the pool and be like every, you know, be like everybody else with everybody else in the pool and enjoy it. So I love it. And they're very, very friendly with the gay community. Um, very, very friendly. And it's a beautiful thing that they try to do inclusion in, um, in every way I can pretty much imagine. And I really do believe the magic Disney isn't what Walt created and it's not the rides and it's not the characters. It's those cast members. So they just came out with tattoos and, and uh, more inclusive hairstyles being okay for cast members. What a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was great. Yeah. That was about, about a month and a half ago that they came out with that. And there it's um, they have these keys to the kingdom and and that's one of the keys and haven't had added a new key in many years and it's the key of inclusion um so it's really wonderful um i just i i love the way they uh and it's a corporation and i know that and i'm not like drinking the kool-aid i know that you know people probably could pay could pay a whole lot more you know at the end of the day you know and i know that you know, people high up make a lot of money and I understand it. But when you go there, the magic is those cast members that run outside um, when they see something exciting and you have a birthday button and they say, oh, how old are you? I mean, they like genuinely care. They don't need to say any of that or, but so anyway, I like that because the people that work there are really the magic behind it, especially the chefs. And that's the foodology part that, you know, but not mentioning food. (laughs) <laughs> That's why I love Disney. I do. So when you go, do you genuinely enjoy the parks now? Like, have you come to appreciate Very different kind of the rides and the things and the attractions and the experience of it? I, 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 I wish I could. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do. I, tr- I mean, I, like I rode a lot of rides. It's such um, an, it's such a, uh, 
key part of like my growing up. Like it's, it's integral to my human as a child, right? It's hard to dissociate those things. And so it's always funny to meet someone who's not like a Disney person, right? But so, so you're like a whole new enigma for me, like a person who became a Disney person. And I love it. I I became a Disney person. Yeah. Um, I love the whole Imagineer aspect of it. That fascinates me. Yes. Fascinates me. Um, yeah. So, uh, the warm fuzzy that I've got to see those princesses and hug them. And when that's not me, I like the Imagineers behind it. I love all the history behind it. Um, I love the chefs food. It's, it's a little different. Whereas, you know, some people that are Disney fans, they don't know anything about the Imagineers. They yeah. don't know how the rides were built. Yeah. When I was in eighth grade. Or what came out coming up with the stuff to make a ride work and happen, what that created in other walks of life. Cause that's happened with Disney. Yeah. That stuff so- fascinates me. Um, so I, it's not real important. And, and I love Donald Duck. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a Disney fan, true and blue, probably more than the average Disney fan that thinks I'm a huge fan. It's just <laughs> yeah. a little different. You know, I see, I like more of the behind the scenes stuff, but I do love walking down Main Street and all the and all of those, those touchy feely kind of moments and stuff. And like I said, the cast members and stuff. Um, we know a lot of the cast members. I bet. Um, they're like family, some of them. You know, a lot of the chefs are really good friends because we've seen them all the time. I, I go about every one to two months to see those chefs. Um, and I do ride some of the rides, but a lot of times I'm more or less taking pictures of the box. I'm talking to the chefs. I'm looking to see what is brand new because Disney's always changing stuff. Mm-hmm. You can go the next month. There's going to be a new kind of um, dull Whip that's coming out that's a different flavor or that it's decorated differently, something like that. Anyway. Yeah. So where's your favorite place to stay when you go? Well, there's three categories of resorts. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need to stay at a value resort because I'm kind of on it, I would say either Pop Century or Art of Animation. Mm-hmm. If, um, and I stay at all the resorts. I stayed at every um, resort on Disney property several times. Um, moderate resorts are those that have the pools are a little bit more fancier. They're going to have great water slides, but they're not going to have like a character breakfast um, or a character meal, I should say. And they're not going to be like a big grand hotel. It's going to be mm-hmm. more like a Courtyard by Marriott kind of setup. Um, and I like Port Orleans French Quarter. It's the smallest mm-hmm. resort. It's it's a boutique Disney resort, kind of like Disneyland is a boutique version of Disney World. It's real small and kind of intimate. I love that. Um, and the deluxe resorts, there's... <laughs> It's, it's really hard. Grand Floridian, of course, I would say that's my number one hands down favorite resort. They've got the best food algae options across the board. They do. Even if it wasn't that, I like it because it's just, you can get great room service for breakfast and you can talk to an allergy chef on the phone. I and mean, that's magical right there for me because I'm working a lot, you know. Um, but I like the Wilderness Lodge and I like it at Christmas time. That's my favorite time to go there because they have this enormous, gorgeous tree and it just lends itself to Christmas. You know, it's a lodge and they've got the antlers on all the wreaths and the beautiful um, buffalo check bows. It's gorgeous. Um, I like that summertime. 
I was going to go on before or after like a Disney cruise or just go for a full week to Disney and it's summer and it's hot, I would probably do Polynesian because they have the volcano pool and they have ah, Dole Whip yeah, and they have Trader Sam's, which you can get some great drinks and set up by the pool. Um, they also have one of the best club level services. That's a whole other thing. But, um, and then if I'm going to go and I really want to spend a lot of time at the resort and I have a lot of work to do, but I've got to be there to go see a couple of chefs that I have lined up, but I'm not going to really be in the parks a whole lot. Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. People that work there for the most part are from Africa. So you feel like you're not. It's spectacular. We've spent millions of dollars on the art in the lobby that people will just walk by and not see, you know, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it's breathtaking. That's what I love about Disney is the completeness of everything. There's kind of no stone left unturned. Every single thing in whatever attraction or whatever room or whatever restaurant, there's nothing that doesn't fit. There was a lot of negatives in that. Everything fits the theme, right? Absolutely. As it's supposed to. And that's, you're, that's you're not going to see something that's unpainted. Right. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, not ever. The attention to details is amazing. Yeah. What's your favorite attraction? Um, and this is going to be kind of funny because it's kind of ridiculous, but it's my favorite ride ever is Slinky Dog Dash. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Of all the things, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> and I, I know, right? And I like the Tower of Terror. Um, Rise of the Resist- Resistance is good, but it's nothing like those other two. And I think those other two, because I'm a real nostalgic kind of person. Um, if you go and you see my Platinum Mouse logo, which I made, it has the old nostalgic stars from like the 1950s and mid-century stars that they used to have like on the Sprite label. My Pixie Lizzie logo is from, do you remember that show Bewitched? Yeah, of course. Okay. I told my husband, I go, you know how she had those little stars that she comes right in at the beginning? I said, I want that with the little star coming up you know, over the E and he goes, are you kidding? I said, no. So no, we, we watched it. We watched it on YouTube. We kind of drew it out and I got the colors from Cinderella. That's how I came up with my logo. So apparently nostalgia means a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and so Slinky Dog Dash reminds me of the slinky toys that I had being in my 50s. I grew up on them. You know, you take them downstairs, slinky dogs. Um, and then the Twilight Zone. I was raised on the Twilight Zone. I mean, sometimes... It was the only thing on television at midnight in the 1970s you know, was the Twilight Zone. So I think a lot of this nostalgia and Disney knows that. They yeah, know no, that they did that Toy Story Land and they did it so perfectly because you see the surprise camper that I had as a kid, the exact same one where you walk up and you buy toys, but it's that camper, but it's a life-size one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have those nostalgic toys when you go in and ride Slinky Dog Dash um where there will be just a wall and it could be just a wall but Disney doesn't do it that way they have it where they make it like a sheet of labels that you would have had to peel off and put on your Barbie camper or something and they're not all peeled off because we didn't do that as kids we only peeled off the ones we wanted or we got bored or whatever it's those kind of details like like you were talking about yeah so those are my favorite and I love Star Tours I love 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 Star Tours that's so fun. So I like the one that the name's escaping me, but it's in um, the Hollywood one where you go in and you can make all the noises as the soundtrack for the, for the movie, that thing. 
uh, it's like an audience show, right? And you, they, you make all the noises to go along with the movie and it always ends up being really funny, almost like Mad Libs. And I will forever and ever and ever, I think it's gone at both parks, miss Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And He's, at Disneyland. I, He's still at hmm? Disneyland. Still at Disneyland. Yes. And it's a small world. And it's a small world is different. I you love it. Disneyland. In Disney World, it's 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 of course still kind of the same, but it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be the ride that either everyone loves or they they could take a hard pass on. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I think there were there were quite a few years I didn't like it, but it's always been my dad's favorite, and so yeah. therefore it was always the thing that we had to do. And now it has oh. become the thing that I have to do. That's wonderful. That's yeah. That's the magic of Disney right there too. Is going through generations. I don't have that experience. Um, you know, my mom, always, I, I was born in Houston, Texas, and it was always, oh, they're going to build one here. And between the two massive ones, they're going to build them. Well, they never do. <laughs> so I never it is wanted. surprising that there haven't turned out to be more Disney parks, isn't it? Like in the U.S. It, well, it was this huge rumor that there was going to be one um, above Houston, like north of Houston on the way to Dallas. And they never built it. They bought all this land and it was on public record and everyone really. Was, speculate they still speculate you can just google it and you'll find it but um it never happened fascinating so anyway that's probably one of the reasons that i never went to disney but when i told my mom how great they were with food allergies she said you need to take charlotte listen i'll and she took us as a family so i went with my mom and i don't want to cry because she's not alone with us but she took me to disney gosh when i was in my early 40s for the first time ever that's awesome i love it so much what do you find? Uh, so we've talked a lot about Disney World. We haven't talked a lot about Disney Cruise and the Hawaii one and Disneyland. And mm-hmm. what would be kind of your hidden Disney secret that people don't take as much advantage of as they should? Um, well, across the board, all of them. All of them. They, they have these allergy menus and they're very um, limiting, I should say, extremely limiting. But some people like those, those, those little pigeonhole kind of things. And you can't break them away from those allergy menus. No matter how you hard know, I try, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's tree nut, peanut and egg. And you're like, oh, so you're just going to have that, that one little thing of maybe a barbecue with some French fries. That's, that's, you don't have to have that because look at the proteins they have and they want to make stuff for you. So don't, you can look at those as a guide. If you find bread, a component on each and this goes for all Disney except for Disneyland Paris, which is a whole different animal. Um, so you find that component, you look, even if it's quick service, you look at the allergy binder, and you see that there's a safe, you know, um, egg-free bread, as you know, that's very difficult. Um, peanut and tree nut can be difficult too, because they're made in the same bakeries sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if you find bread that's safe, that's a win-win. You just grilled chicken. Do you want that? Do you want, you know, fish on it? How do you want it? Do you want a hamburger? And then what do you want on it? You know, if, if you're not dairy, do you want cheese on it? That kind of stuff. And kind of just build it up. And then when the chef comes to the table, have an idea, not ask him, but have an idea. And this is where I come in. I go through some of this stuff with my clients um, and tell them exactly what I would order at certain restaurants with their allergies, according to what their kids like. And that works really well unless you get those little kids that have been raised on macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets and french fries. And that's all they'll eat. I have one that'll eat anything and one that'll only eat those things. And a 
and there's a whole lot that goes into that. So you just can't say, I swear oh, I raised them in the same. Yeah. You, you're, you, you can't do that whole, oh, <laughs> you know, eat your dinner or don't kind of thing, because it's a texture thing with a lot of those mm-hmm. kids. It's a smell. It's a sight. It's, it's, it's comfort. So anyway, I do yeah. understand that. So, um, Anyway, I kind of guide them through that. You find the components of something, the chef comes out and you say, you know, I found safe bread that was on the menu. If it's not, you can always ask and tell them your allergies. Um, they're wonderful, wonderful, amazing human beings. And they'll go in the back and make you something absolutely creative, um, wonderful, as creative as you want. Now, if you have a little kid that goes in that loves salmon, let's say, or um, wants pork belly, which, which most kids wouldn't want. Right. I mean, the name, let alone, right. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get real excited and they'll make some amazing stuff. Like my daughter loves heirloom tomatoes. Um, and one of the chefs, she goes, do you have any of those really good uh, heirloom tomatoes? He looked at her like sideways, like what? He says, and she goes, well, I, I would just like some of that with some balsamic because she can't eat dairy, um, with some basil and maybe some bread. Well, he went back and grilled her bread um, with olive oil and made her a homemade um, reduction, like a basil reduction. Nice. Took heirloom tomatoes and basil and microgreens. The most beautiful bruschetta I've ever seen in my life, except for they did that at California Grill, but it was a different way they did it there. Um, but when, when those chefs come out and carry something like that, Everybody in the restaurant's like, well, that wasn't on the menu. <laughs> you know, they're like, and that's what's so wonderful um, is because these chefs go above and beyond. Like, I'm sure you know Chef TJ, right? They care, man. They care. They do. And there's a real famous chef. There's several that are very famous, but there's one that's super, super famous. And his name is Chef TJ. And he builds the dessert towers for kids. Have you ever seen him? Are you familiar with mm-hmm. him? He has been there for years, I think over 20 years. And he's worked um, at the Polynesian Grand Floridian. Um, they kind of wanted people to start going to, to Whispering Canyon over, um, and well, trails, not the Whispering Canyon, but Trails End, which was over at the campgrounds. So they stuck him over there and people would make this pilgrimage just to go see this guy, right? Pilgrimage, I love it. <laughs> he comes to the table and he's like a big Polynesian teddy bear. He's from Indonesia. And he'll come and he'll talk and say, so what is it that you like? And um, like when my daughter first met him, when she was five years old, he asked her what she liked. He goes, do you like sweet dressings? Do you like savory, sour? And she's like, yeah, I like sour. So he made her three homemade salad dressings. He brought her a salad. And then that's great. And we're thinking that's like fabulous. Well, he came out with this tower where he takes a bamboo skewer. And he still makes these. And um, they're famous. They're all over, all over the internet. Um, he'll take that and he'll punch it into an apple. And he'll coat the apple in some kind of like strawberry uh, reduction that he makes. And then he stacks it with like enjoy life cookies. He makes homemade brownies out of namaste mix. Um, he'll do, and this isn't all the time. You, you never know what he's going to come up with or what he has ready and prepared. He'll do um, deep fried Oreos that are done in a safe batter. And he'll put fruit in it, whatever's safe for that child. And then he'll top it off with a piece of, which is top eight top everything free except for dyes which is that that fluffy cotton candy mm-hmm. and then you bring it to the table and it's probably about 12 inches hot and the kids are just looking at it their mind is blown <laughs> and then he takes her chocolate syrup and drizzles it all over 
and everybody in the restaurant's like, well, wow. And then he, and he says, this is for you. And then he walks off and everybody else is like, well, that's, that's really special. Why aren't we getting one kind of look, you know? Cause you can order off the menu. Go away. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you have for years, right? And this is yep. people's first experience ever eating in a restaurant. But anyway, he's a lovely, lovely, lovely person. He's become a really good friend of ours. So on that note, Yes. Everybody who's listening and wants to go on vacation and has a food allergy, obviously you have to call Lizzie. And so the way that you're going to find her online is? Um, You can find me on Facebook. I am Pixie Lizzie, Magical Food Allergy Travel Agent. Um, I have a website, pixielizzie.com. That's the best way to reach me. If you want to just email me straight up, it's just lizzie at pixielizzie.com. so, and one thing that's really important that people don't believe is that I don't charge anything extra to go through me at all. Yep, because you get paid by Disney or wherever the person ends up booking. And so your services for a food allergy family are absolutely free to be taken there advantage are. of. There are, you know, and there are some um, Disney focused travel agencies out there. We are um, a top tiered agency, meaning we're earmarked. Um, we, do uh, earmarked. Like we are earmarked. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, you know, the business Platinum Mouse is a authorized Disney vacation planner, which um, means that we, we know Disney and they know we know Disney. So they give us special perks um, for all of the agents. Um, anyway, um, with that in mind, a lot of those top tiered agencies, they charge planning fees. They go in depth and they do these huge itineraries that will tell you where you're going to be every hour, Mm -hmm. which I find I don't do that because the beautiful thing about Disney is the spontaneity of of going into the park and you see something, Oh no, kids, we got to go. You'll see these people in the parks. We got to go. Cause, cause we have a fast pass for that ride. Like right now, you know, (laughs) or not the fast pass. Cause that's pretty much, you have to go do that if you want to stay on point, but we're going to, we're supposed to go, to this land and start working over there and go get a snack at this place instead of seeing something that the kids really want to see. So I kind of took that into note when I when I structured the way I do business. Um, there's a thing called the My Disney Experience that Disney provides for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's an online itinerary. It tells you where you're going to eat because you're going to book your dining, which I book for my clients. I'm central. I get up at 5 a.m. I book all their dining for them, note their allergens on there. They get notified of it. It goes into their My Disney experience on the day. And then they can go from there. They can cancel them. They can rebook for somewhere else. But at least I've got that. And I give them the guidelines of what I would do as a food allergy parent. Like in Epcot, not everything is Disney owned. So you'd be really careful in some of those countries in the World Showcase. So they know this stuff. Um, Fast passes aren't right now current. They're they're working on fast passes. I think they're going to come out a little differently. When they do return, anyway, they're going to be on the My Disney Experience if they return, um, and that's a whole lot of planning right there. I think if you've got your meals planned out, even if it's just one dining a day, that's a table service at say six p.m., but you've got three of the fast passes. I think you sh- and you can go in and plan as much as you want, but it's kind of nice to be able to have that day to go in the park and just really have fun and explore with your kids because kids. You'll see them. Um, a lot of them don't like to be, t- you know, held tight by those plans. There are Disney planners out there that will do, you know, really de- as detailed plans as they want, and they can charge up to 
$350 a, a trip. Um, and that is absolutely their choice to do that. Um, excuse me? But you charge? I charge nothing. There it is. Uh, and, and the reason why is Disney pays me. Okay. And um, I'm not looking for a certain group of um, people in an income bracket that, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I want a lot of those people that have never been able to go to Disney. Some of them call me up, you know, they've been saving for four years. They found me four years ago. They, they finally found me and they want to take that food allergy kid over there. So it might be even an adult like yourself that has food allergies um, that just want to go and experience getting out of the we kitchen. We love Disney know? too, man. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, it's, so I, I think the services that you're providing are unbelievable and amazing. And certainly the next time I hit up Disney, I'm going through you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm pretty sure you know things about Disney that I don't know. And I like that very much. One of these days, I'm going to make it to the Hawaii one. So PixieLizzie.com, Lizzie at PixieLizzie.com. Correct. As you know, I like to wrap all these episodes up because who knew 30 minutes has flown by like lickety split talking about Disney with two truths and a lie. I have a feeling that they might be Disney based, but I've been wrong before. So we're going to tell the listeners three facts about you, one of which is less than factual, but not which one is untrue. So they're going to have to come talk to us on social media to find out which one is your lie. So Lizzie, take it away. Okay. Um, The first one I would say is that I've eaten at every single Disney restaurant. The second one is I own over a hundred pairs of Disney ears. And then the third one is that I um, used to live very close to where Alani is in Hawaii because I went to college there and played golf, played golf competitively. So which one is the lie? (laughs) I don't know. We'll find out later. Lizzie Reynolds, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Listeners, as always, thanks for sticking around. This has been the Shandyland podcast, and we will talk to you soon. (laughs) 